Acts chapter number 16. And uh, I think the next time I know that someone speaks Spanish comes to our church, I'm just going to send them to Brother Tim. Watch the reaction there. Acts chapter 16. And uh, look, if you would, at verse number 9, Acts chapter 16. Now, I'm going to ask you to stand with me. We're going to read a, quite a few verses because I, I want you to know the context of the passage. So Acts 16, starting in verse number 9, the Bible says, And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia pray, and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. This is oftentimes referred to in, the, uh, in, our, in our churches as the Macedonian vision, or as we sing about in the hymn, the Macedonian call. It's a call to missions. It's a call to go and reach somebody with the gospel of Jesus Christ, someone who's hurting, someone who's looking for hope, who does not have it. And that's what you read about in verse 9. And after verse 10, after he had seen the vision immediately, we endeavor to go into Macedonia assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Therefore, loosing from Troas, we came with a straight course to Samothracia, and the next day to Neapolis, and from thence to Philippi, which is a chief city of that part of Macedonia and a colony. And we were in that city abiding certain days. Now, for those that may get lost in the cities and how long they're, they're uh, at a certain place, you may go, why is that important? Why did God put that in there? Because it's meant to be an accurate historical reference. And, and God wanted you to know these are places that existed back in the day. And so as you read through that, just keep that in mind. Now look, if you would, at verse uh, number 13. On the Sabbath, we went out of the city by Riverside, would have been Saturday, where prayer was wont to be made. In other words, we needed to pray. And we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. And a certain woman named Lydia, seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God, heard us whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. And when she was baptized, in other words, in verse 14, the Lord opens her heart, she receives Jesus Christ. In verse 15, she's baptized and her household. She besought us, saying, If ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. And it came to pass as we went to prayer, they still haven't gotten to pray yet, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us. In the originals, that means she's a teenage girl. Amen. I'm just kidding. That's a joke. You can laugh. All right. Which brought her masters much gain by saying, The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. Question real quickly. Uh, was that a true statement in verse 17? So this girl's filled with an unclean spirit, and she's speaking the truth. Now, now, why is that important to get a hold of? Because an unclean spirit will speak the truth, but do it out of turn. Because what's going on here is that Paul is trying to preach the gospel, and this young lady's become a huge distraction from the preaching of the gospel, and now no one's thinking about the preaching, and now they're thinking about her. So just because someone said, well, they said the truth, yeah, but how'd they say it? When they say it. <laughs> And were they trying to steal the spotlight? There's a lot of, there's a lot, in that, and we're not going to go into all that, but there's a lot in those verses about that. Uh, look, if you would, at verse 18. And this she did many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. And when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, you see, she had an unclean spirit that would speak the truth about future events. And now that the masters knew that the spirit was out of her, look what they do. They caught Paul and Silas and drew them in the marketplace under the rulers and brought them to the magistrate, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city. Uh, you know, people talk all the time about toxic masculinity and rape culture and all that stuff. You know how, you know how they fix all that? Get rid of pornography. You know why they won't do it? They make too much money. Uh, they don't care about the kids, and they don't care about you women. You know what they care about? Money. And the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. And that's what these guys had their problem with as well. Here's a young lady that's afflicted with an unclean spirit. And rather than rejoicing that she's now whole and made clean from that spiritual torment, they're going to try to get Paul and Silas in trouble. Uh, look what it says in verse number 22. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them, real tolerant, loving people. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison. 
charging the jailer to keep them safely. Uh, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loose. And the keeper of the prison awakened out of his sleep, and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. I want to talk to you about when God opens the door. When God opens the door. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. And uh, Brother Eric, if you'd ask the Lord a blessing on the word, please. Amen. Be seated if you would. I think oftentimes we talk about open doors and we ask God to open doors and uh, we don't always realize what we're asking for uh, because there's a process to getting to an open door and the process isn't necessarily one that you always like. Uh, let, let's go through the story and let's recount, let's recount a, a couple of things here. The fact is in verse number nine, they receive a vision about a man saying, come and help us. Well, we know who that man is by the end of the story. But they don't just, it wasn't just that the Lord said, okay, here's this vision, and now I'm going to open this door, and tomorrow morning this guy's going to be there begging for your help. I mean, the process that God uses to get them there is not one that I would like God to use in my life, and yet it's the vehicle that God chose to get them to that open door. Question this morning, was it worth all the problems and the struggle and, and, and being thrown into jail and all of that stuff, was it worth it for that one soul being saved? Sure it is. You know why? Because you're not the one being thrown into jail. Amen. Now we say amen, and you're right to say that it is worth it. It absolutely is. But in our lives, we say, God, would you open the door? God, would you open the door? God, and what we're really saying is, God, would you make my life easy? And it doesn't always translate into easiness. We understand from the book of Revelation that God is the one that opens things that nobody else can open. Look at Revelation chapter number five. Aren't you thankful for a God that opens eyes? Aren't you thankful for a God that opens hearts? Aren't you thankful for a God that allowed you to find an open door at this church, amen? And some of you got saved here, and some of you have been discipled here, and some of you have been baptized here, and some of you have joined in membership here, and God's working in your life because of these open doors. But if we were to take a peek behind the curtain, behind every individual story, some of you could tell, the, the some of your witness, some of your testimony would sound like this. I was going through X, Y, and Z in my life. I did not know that God was even there. And because someone, I'll just, I'll pick on Ben for a moment. You guys are going through a real struggle a couple years back and someone gave you a gospel track and told you about heaven and about hell. And there were things going on in your life that I know you did not want to have to go through in your life. But that was the thing that God used in your life to bring you to an open door. And that's the way the Lord works sometimes. He opens things that nobody else can open. Look at Revelation chapter five and look if you would at verse number one. Revelation chapter 5, verse number, if you don't understand the Bible, ask God to open up your eyes. Ask God to open your understanding. Ask God to open your heart. 
Look at Revelation chapter 5, verse 1. I saw on the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within, and on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders saith to me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. We have a God that is worthy, that can open things up for us that we cannot open. (laughs) My wife comes to me all the time and she goes, I can't open this jar. Amen. I'm I'm convinced, guys, if I couldn't open jars and change diapers, she would have gotten rid of me a long time ago. I can at least do that much, but it feels really good. I'm not going to lie. When she hands me a jar, I'm like, I don't even mean to. It just kind of happens at the same time. Take that lid off, and out comes the chest. You say, why? Because I feel pretty good. My wife came to me with the need, and I could do something that she could not do. You know how your, your heavenly father feels when you go, Father, I can't open the jar. God, I can't open this situation. God, I can't fix this relationship. God, I, can't, I don't know how to open this, Lord. What am I going to do? God enjoys you coming to him and saying, Lord, can you help me open this up? You see, that's what he's there for. The Bible says that the Lord is the one that opens up heaven. Uh, look at Revelation chapter 3 since you're already there. Revelation chapter 3, look at, if you would, at verse number 8. Talking to the church of Philadelphia, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open what? And no man can shut it, for thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my words, not denied my name. The problem that we often have is that we are in the business, oftentimes, as God's people, as human in human nature. Here's what we try to do. We try to go, God, would you open the door? 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 It's kind of like, well, I think if you jam and open yourself, and then say, God, open the door, and then you get on the other side, and you go, God, this isn't what I expected, because you opened it, not God. <laughs> And let me tell you something, man. There's some doors that need to stay closed in your life. Not every door in your life needs to be thrown wide open. There's a reason why at night I lock my doors and I shut everything out from the outside world. It's not because I hate everybody, but I love what's on the inside of my house more than I love what's out there. (laughs) Listen, some doors don't need to be open. And let me tell you this too as as well. You need to understand, have some discernment that when God closes a door, sometimes that's a good thing. (laughs) You, in your mind, you think, well, if it's closed, it must not be because I asked God to open it. Do you ever think maybe God knows some things you don't? The other day, Brother Tim, he's been helping with getting our electrician and HVAC guy to line uh, the inspectors to go check out the building that we've been looking at. And uh, the other day... (laughs) He texted me, and I, I said, uh, hey, how'd the inspections go? He said, can I call you? Man, when people text me as a pastor, I'm like, what <laughs> happened? Did you light the place on fire? Like, of course, my mind, it always goes to the worst place possible. I think two weeks ago, Brother Craig came up, and he goes, hey, can I talk to you at the church? And I'm like, sure thing, brother. And I start walking away, and I start thinking, what does he need to talk to me about? And then about five steps in, he goes, okay, uh, and he, hey, preacher, preacher. I said, what? And he goes, it's not bad, it's good. I said, thank God. <laughs> because he just automatically go to the worst thing possible. So Brother Jim, he goes, hey, can I call you? I said, sure. I said, well, what's going on? He said, well, we got there. He said, man, it's been a booger lining up the HVAC guy and the electrical guy with our broker all at the same time. I finally got them in the same place. At the, It's kind of like getting every church member. It's like playing whack-a-mole. If you can get everybody in the same place at one time, it's amazing. Amen? But, but you know, he's, I got them all in the same place, and we got there, and I'm feeling pretty good about it, and we're going up, and the broker goes open the door, and he cannot open the door. I said, well, that's simple. You use a key. He's like, yeah, but I mean, like, after he had the key, he could not get inside of the building. You say, what does it mean? Well, I'll come to that at the end of the message, but I'll simply say this. Sometimes, sometimes God closes some doors, and you need to be okay with that. And you need to understand the reason God closes those doors is because he's trying to open up specific ones in your life that need to be opened that you would not recognize if those other ones are open. Let me give you an example of that. Look, look, look back in our passage. Look at Acts chapter 16. I want to show you something. 
Do you realize that a good father, a good parent does not say yes all the time? They made a movie about, uh, what is it called, Yes Day, where the family, anybody know what I'm talking about? You get one day where you get yes to everything, whatever else, you know, and that's a dangerous game to play as a parent, let me tell you. But, but you know, a good father, a good parent does not say yes to everything that you ask for. Can I get a witness? You ain't going to say it, are you? She's going to look at me, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> He goes, yeah, yeah, okay, fine. The reality is we, we don't always, we go to God and we say, God, would you open this door? And what we're really saying is, God, really, I know what's best for me. You just need to get on to my plan. And the Lord's like, no, I don't think that's a good idea. But God, I asked for it. <laughs> Listen, there are times where the kids won't eat their dinner. And then about an hour later, they're like, oh, they look like little homeless people running, rummaging through like a, a pantry, you know. Just, they kind of creep in the dark of night, and I hear this noise and shuffle. And, you know, it's usually led by two little men, you know. And, <laughs> and I'm like, what's, what, what's going on? Oh, we just kind of wanted a snack. I'm like, you mean the thing that was on your plate an hour ago, food? Yeah, yeah we're hungry now. I'm like, and that's how it works. When you don't eat the food. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yes. It, you know, that, I, hear that, I hear that door open. And I, I know someone's about to rummage through there. You know what I, I have to tell them sometimes? No. That door needs to stay closed. Why? Because what I had for you was best. It was better to eat that beef and broccoli or whatever versus the candy that you're wanting to eat right now. Can I get a witness? You as a child of God are going to struggle with that because you're going to think you know what's best for you and you don't always know. Let me give you an example. Look at Acts 16. Look if you would at verse Number five, and so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. Sign me up. Didn't that sound good? So, man, I mean, you want to stay where that's at, and and you know what the Lord does? He moves them on. Look at verse six. Now, when they'd gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the, to preach the word in Asia, but but I'm preaching the gospel. That's a good thing. Yeah, but I don't want you to go. But, But Lord, don't you see our heart? Listen to your heart when he's calling to you. Don't know where you listen to your heart. Listen to your heart. That's the worst idea you could ever ever receive in your life. That's terrible advice. And I know that it's we've been cramming that down the, the throats of our kids for a generation. Just listen to your heart. You listen to any watch any like Disney show. Listen to your heart. Listen to your heart. Your heart will lie to you. Right? Your heart will not always know what is in tune with God. So you go, well, I, I want to go to Asia. Yeah, I know, but that's not where the Spirit of God is. Le- but God, can't you open that door for me? I could, but that's not where I want you. There's someone else that needs your help, and you're not going to see that if you get to go in the direction that you want to go in. Look at verse number 7. They were come to Mysia. They say to go into Bithynia. They want to go somewhere else. I mean, think about this. Imagine you're like, okay, I'm, I'm Paul the Apostle inspired by the Holy Spirit of God, bring the words of God to God's people. I bring the mystery of the, of the one body. I bring the mystery of the church. I bring the mystery of the rapture. And I br- I'm the mystery maker, man. Like, I can do stuff, and God's with me, and, and I want to go in that direction. And God's like, no. Pretty soon, this little nugget right here, this little appendage of my wife's body, if you will, eventually she's going to start crawling and start standing up, and she's going to start touching at things. And you know what we're going to have to do? Why did you just like this? No, don't touch. And she's going to go. And as soon as she's done crying, she's going to look at me and then look back at the things she want to touch and go. (laughs) I've been down this road before. And and you know what I do? I say, hey, don't touch. I'm Paul. I want to go to Asia. You can't go. Okay, fine. We're going to go to Bithynia. Oh, nope, you can't go there. Is that all you're going to do is say no to everything that I want in my life? I, I want, I'm trying to serve you, God. I'm trying to go to the, where the open doors are at. And I don't see anyone preaching in Asia. I don't see them preaching in Bithynia. Why won't you let me go? You don't understand right now. But you will. You see, after God tells them no a few times, that's when you read in verse 9 that they get the vision of a man that says, come and help us. All through this chapter, you see all kinds of things. You see the Lord opens hearts. Look at verse 14. The Bible says, whose heart, talking about Lydia, whose heart the Lord, what? Opened. 
And in verse number 15, she just she moves on to not just open her heart, she opens her home and her house to these preachers. Verses 16 and 18 show a spiritual opposition to where to, to, to getting the, the open door. And let me just say this, that's part of the Christian life. If you want God to use you and you want to grow it all, you're going to have to learn that if you don't learn to suffer through some things, you will never get to the successful side of things. In other words, if you can't learn to go, look, the open door is over there. God said, no, no. Okay, God, I want to try to follow your direction. Okay, I'll go in this direction. I've taken biblical counsel. I've taken biblical advice. I'm following your word. I'm trying to be led by the Spirit of God. And, 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 and I'm doing that. Now I've got opposition. Why? That's part of it. That's part of what happens when you're doing God's will. Doing God's will does not mean problem-free. Doing God's will means you will have opposition. It's part of it. It's the process that gets you there, all right? And then they get accusations. Look, if you would, at verse number 21, teaching customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. They didn't do anything of the sort. All they did was cast an unclean spirit out of a girl. And now they're being accused of being anti-patriotic as Roman citizens. It's kind of like a preacher getting up saying, hey, our country is going to hell in a handbasket. We need to repent. And then people are going, don't you love America? I sure do. That's why I'm saying that. You understand? I mean, this is kind of where Paul's at. Uh, and, and we see that what, what they go through, and then they're persecuted, they're beaten. The Bible says in verse 22, it's one thing to get beat up. It's another thing to have your clothes ripped off and have someone take a, a whip and whip your back publicly. For doing what? For just doing what you're supposed to do as a Christian. And then you end up in prison. Can I say this? Sometimes a prison cell is God's pulpit. Sometimes that's exactly where God, where God wants to. Sometimes he has to put you in a place where you have no other options than to recognize where the open doors are. Can I say this? There's a difference between you opening something and God opening something. Amen. Isn't, isn't it interesting that in the Bible, in Genesis, it, it says the devil comes to Eve and he goes, hey, your eyes will be opened and you shall be as gods knowing good and evil. And yet David says in Psalms, open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Both, both places, the eyes are being opened, but one's being done right and one's being done wrong. Do you see that? <laughs> one's being done by you and one's being done by the Lord. One's being done by unfinished motives that are not spiritual. They're carnal in nature. I want what I want and my eyes are now open versus you saying, God, I put my thoughts, my prejudices, my desires, my, my issues aside and I go, Lord, whatever is right, that's what I want. Get my eyes open to your word. Two different things. Cornelius is a devout man. You remember the story of Cornelius? The Bible says he's a devout man. He prayed, gave, gave alms to the people. He was, he was doing everything that he knew to do. And you know what he's thinking? If I do all these good deeds, I'll open up a door to heaven. I'll get to heaven that way. And if you've never been born again, can I tell you, you will not get to heaven. You will not open the door of heaven one centimeter by your good works. And neither did Cornelius. You know, you know what God had to do? God had to bring a sinless man to earth. And one day, you know what happens? There's an earthquake and the veil is torn in two. And now we see in the Holy of Holies because of the work of one man. And that one man is not anyone in this room. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. He opened the door to heaven. But you know what? There's another one that tries to open the door. And he's not the shepherd of the sheep. The Bible says in John 10, he that entereth not by the door in the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. I'll just kick it open. There's some doors that God doesn't want you to open your way. They need to be opened God's way. I cannot tell you how many times someone's come to me and said, I want to do this thing. I go, okay, I'll pray for you. Well, what do you think? I'd give me advice. Well, it's between you and the Lord. And it's like, you know what? It doesn't matter what anyone says. I've made up my mind. Preacher, I was really just looking for a rubber stamp on what I wanted to do. Well, can I tell you something? Call another preacher. I'm not going to give you a rubber stamp. I'm going to give you what I think is biblical in nature for your life. Why? I just want to open the doors that I want to open the way that I want to open them. You know, the Bible is a book filled with stories of men that don't even realize that God's around them or working. Now, and Jacob one time says, I, he, he awakened from his dream and, 
out of his sleep, and he says, surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. And, and you know what? You, you know what you want in your life? You, you want to know that the things that are being opened up are being opened up not because you opened them or you manipulated the situation or you forced it, but rather because you allowed God, you sat back and you allowed God in his own way, in his timing to open the right doors in your life. Let me get a witness from anybody out there who said, I pushed for something and I pushed for it and I pushed for it and I got it. And once I got it, I had buyer's remorse. Anybody? Boy, boy, the longer you live, the more you experience that, and you kind of get reset and go, God, I'm tired of being the one that forces the door open. I want you to do it. So let's talk about what happens when God opens the door. Look at Acts chapter 16, verse number 13. Can I say this? The open doors are the result of prayer. When God opens the door, it is the result of real and genuine prayer. Prayer. Can I, can I point something out to you, though? Look at verse 13. I, I want to be careful how I do this. I don't want to sound like I'm judging Paul and Silas, but an observation must be made in this passage. Look at verse 13. They, they went to the Sabbath, and they went by Riverside, where prayer was want. In other words, they needed to pray. Question mark, did they pray? Doesn't look like that. You say, well, it's a good thing because they ran into Lydia and they got to lead her to the Lord and all that. I'm not not taking away from that. But my question is really simple. Did they pray? No. Look at verse 16. Came to pass as we went to prayer. (coughs) Can I say this? Everything in the world gets in the way of your prayer life. You ever notice that? The phone goes off. The kid that was sleeping wakes up. The dog starts barking. Amazon comes for the 47th time to the door in one hour. It doesn't matter what it is. Something's going to happen when you get down. And you've got to stop and ask yourself, why is that? Who doesn't want me to pray? Who doesn't want me to talk to my Heavenly Father? Who does not want me in fellowship with the Lord? <laughs> it, it just seems like throughout this story, they go to pray and something happens. They go to pray and something happens. And then look, if you would, at verse number 25. And at, look at that. Well, now that my day's done and I got nothing else going on and I got through all my Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and, you know, Be Real and whatever else I'm looking at and all the snaps and this and that and YouTube and watching this and watching that. Now that I'm done with everything else, I got nothing else to do and I might as well pray. I'm in, I mean, I'm in jail and I'm locked up. Are, are you taking, taking notes for your own life here? Does this ever sound like your own life? Like, I'm going to do everything that I need to do, and if I eventually get to prayer at the end, then great. The Bible says at midnight, the Bible says that they prayed and sang praises unto God. Can I, can I just point out, no doors really opened until they did that? Oh, it was the earthquake that did it. Yeah, but can I, can I just point out the prayer came first? You want God to open some doors in your life? Well, I have been praying. Well, let's step, let's step back for a moment. Let me say it like this. Learn to say, okay, Lord, I'm okay with you. Not give me what I wanted. I wanted to go into Asia. That's okay, Lord. That's your business. I wanted to go into Bithynia. And you said, no, don't go there. Can, can you start your prayer life like this? God, instead of God, give me this, give me this. Give me. Lord, I recognize that these things that I wanted were not the right thing at this time for my life. Can you start with some humility and say, God, I'm not you. And Lord, I thought this was the right direction for my life. I now realize, sitting in a prison cell, that this is exactly what you've ordained. And Lord, I'm okay with that as long as you are going to open up the right doors to fulfill the Macedonian call. Isn't it interesting that God does not give them that call until they get the nose? And isn't it interesting that God doesn't open the doors until they sing some praises to God and pray to Him at midnight? Can I give you three A's to keep in mind when it comes to prayer? This is what Jesus Christ experienced in Matthew chapter 14. Away, apart, and alone. Away, apart, and alone. You say, what is that? That's the description of Jesus Christ when he goes to prayer. Listen, it it may sound crazy. This is going to sound crazy to some of you. I know it is. This last week, I caught the stomach bug, and I have not been that sick since 2009 been 14 years since I've been that sick, and I know it. And I knew when it was coming. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> Can I tell you something? You're going to think this is crazy. One of the last times I went to uh, 
fulfill my obligation on the porcelain throne and bring my offering. Amen. All right. One of the last times I went there, do you know what I prayed? Because my wife was in the other room with the baby, and I thought, God, don't let her get it. And she was saying, my stomach hurts so bad, I think I'm getting it too. Literally, the last thing I heard from her was, oh, babe, please pray I don't get it. You know, I prayed, and I'm not trying to say this to be some spiritual giant, but I just, this, this is where I got to by almost the end of the night, somewhere between 3 and 5 a.m. <laughs> I said, Lord, she can't take this. If I'm already in this situation, would you please just dump it all on me so she doesn't get it? You know what's weird? I'm not making this up. The next day I told her, she goes, are you kidding me? I said, no. She goes, what time was it? And I told her. She goes, honey, that's weird. I said, why? Tell me, what's up? She goes, literally, around that same time, I started to feel better. And I couldn't figure it out. I said, because you have a man that loves you so much. <laughs> I am the man who will fight for your aunt. She's in the nursery, so I'm singing it right now. I am the hero that you've been dreaming of. I mean, that's not it. It was the Lord, amen? <laughs> I, I, got, I had nowhere to go but down, guys. I'm like this. God, this is awful. And Lord, this really hurts. But God, if you could please just dump it on me. If someone's going to get it, I've already got it. Just throw it all on me. And boy, he took me up on the offer, let me tell you. You go, are you glad he answered that prayer? Absolutely. But isn't it amazing how personal God is? You know how desperately the devil wants to keep you from prayer? You know what some of you have learned in the last year? Start getting your Bible and start reading. You go, man, it's almost easier to do my Bible reading because it's like an actual physical action. I pull it out and my kids see me and I'm doing this and that. But then that prayer time, without the phone, Without the distractions, away, apart, alone. That's hard. John Bunyan says, He who runs from God in the morning will scarcely find him the rest of the day. Back in the early, uh, uh, back in the 1800s, when, you know, the David Livingstons of the world, if you will, had gone to Africa and they're blazing their trail uh, through Africa. And you can read about their exploits. There's some amazing books about uh, uh, those men. And, and their wives and the Moffats and all, all those people that went to Africa to blaze a trail that, that did not exist at the time and literally going into places where people are still eating each other and, and things like that. And, 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 and there's a story about uh, the, the old uh, uh, the Christians or the, the converts, if you will, and the missionaries' interactions with them. And the missionaries had learned from the Africans a, a great custom. And the custom was this, that, that some of that uh, 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 savanna grass grows real high out there. And, and they would, what they would do is they would find their own prayer spot. And they'd walk, some of that grass is about yay high, and they would walk their way through their spot. And, and, and you could tell after a, a number of weeks where someone's spot was, it was worn down and it, it, it didn't stand tall like the rest of the grass. And you could tell, man, someone has been praying right there. And when someone wasn't regular in prayer and they'd gotten away from that practice, you could tell. You know what they would say? Brother, the grass grows high. Where have you been? Okay, can I say it like this? Let me ask you a question. Is the grass growing high where you're at? Has it been a while since you've carved out a path of regular, consistent time with God? Yes, I don't know why God's not opening these doors. Can I say this? Don't expect any doors to open without the right kind of prayer life. Ian Bounds says, Bruh, what the church needs today is not more machinery or better new organizations or more novel methods. <laughs> Every couple of years, there's something that comes out. 20 years ago, the prayer of Jabez. You know, before that, it was promise keepers, and then it was purpose-driven life. And Oh, everyone's going to do it this way. Man, just, just stick with the book. It's good enough. Listen, the, the gospel message, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, sound doctrine, that's what you need in your life. You don't need all this new stuff. And in addition to that, let me say this, we don't need all those things. We need men whom the Holy Ghost can use, men of prayer, men mighty in prayer. John Bunyan also said you can do more than pray after you've prayed, but you cannot do more than pray until you have prayed. You know what I'm saying? Oftentimes, prayers are last resort. Am I right about that or not? We say things like, all I can do is pray. That's the best thing you could do. 
And yet you learn from the story, they don't get to pray until all the crowds are gone, until everything else is over, until after the big crowds and the multitudes are the screaming, the politics and all that, and there they are in a prison cell locked up. They look at each other and go, well, looks like a good time for a prayer meeting, doesn't it? And sometimes the Lord allows you to get into a place where you go, Lord, I feel kind of confined and I don't know what to do. How about you pray? Look at Acts chapter 12. Let me show you something. Acts chapter 12. You know what opens up doors, the right doors in your life? The right kind of prayer life. I cannot emphasize this enough. Your, your mind, your mind is so, so, so bombarded. You get down and pray, and sometimes images uh, that you should not be in your mind to begin with pop in your mind. Sometimes thoughts about something that was said last week uh, during a meeting at work pop up. Sometimes you're, oh, I forgot to text that person. Oh, I'm supposed to call this person. Oh, I better write that thing down. And you say, why does that always happen? Can I remind you that the Bible tells us about Daniel uh, looking for understanding from God and, and beseeching the Lord for understanding about a vision from the Lord Lord, that he could interpret. And for 21 days, there's a spiritual battle going on up in heaven between God's side and the devil's side, because the devil did not want Daniel to receive the answer for that prayer. If you don't think your prayer life matters, the devil does. Acts 12, look if you would at verse number five, Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church and of God for him. When Peter was kept in prison, the church was consistent in prayer. And can I point out to you that Peter, look if you would at verse number six, was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and the keepers before the what? Kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him and a light shined in the prison. That was the Lord's presence. And he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said to him, Gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Cast my garment about thee and follow me. And he went out and followed him and wist not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. When they were past the first and second ward, they came unto the iron what? And look what happens. It opened to them of his own accord. That gate just swung wide open. Can I say it wasn't because Peter was some great thing or he was the great miracle worker. It was because somebody was praying for Peter when he was in prison. Thomas Watson said the angel fetched Peter out of prison, but it was prayer that fetched the angel. <laughs> I like that. Look, at, look back at Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, when God opens the door, just know that it's the result of a prayer life. Secondly, can I say this? When God opens the door, he might use some unorthodox methods. Can I just remind you, God talks to a man out of a burning bush. Can I remind you, your God is the one that commands the people of Israel to walk around the city. Okay, here's a great city of Jericho. They got walls great and high. What are we going to do to take those walls down? Well, I got it, guys. Here's what God said. We're going to walk around the city silently. Okay, what else? What's the battle plan? No, that's it. That's stupid. No, you think that's blasphemous that you'd say that. If I walked up to you and said, hey, listen, we're going to war. We're fighting the Chicoms. What are we going to use? Nah, we're just going to walk around their cities for a while. <laughs> You'd be like, you're an idiot. You know what the Lord did? The Lord brought Israel to the city, and there's that wall that needs to come down. The gates have not yet been opened. The doors are shut. And you know what God told them to do? Walk around the city so many times, and eventually, you know the story, the walls come down. But that's the God that you're dealing with. Your Savior, when he was on this earth, saw a crowd of over 5,000 people, and he used five loaves and two fishes to feed thousands of people. What am I getting at? God doesn't always use the things that we think that he should use. He defeats an army of Midian with, I love that story. All right, the Midianites, there's you know, hundreds of thousands of them, and how many of this, how many of our, well, we had 30,000, and God brought us down to you know, <laughs> 300. How many do you have? Well, just a little less than... Several thousand. Well, how many do you have? 300. Whose idea was that? 
Well, it was God's idea. You sure it was God? Because this sounds stupid. No, 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 it's not stupid. Check it out. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to get on top of a hill. We're going to get on top of a hill, and we're going to get up there, and we're going to have these lamps, and we're going to hold them up. Uh-huh. Do you have, like, biohazardous stuff in there? No. It's just a pretty little lamp. And what are you going to do? Okay, here's what we're going to do. Just check it out. They're going to blow trumpets. We're going to break them. And then stuff's going to happen. That's stupid. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And yet that's your God. I'm not saying our God is still. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm saying from our human, our peewee minds, we look at what God uses. We go, there's no way God could use that. God uses us. And I look at us and I go, there's no way God, but he does. <laughs> he uses unorthodox methods uh, to do things. You say, what does he use in this story? Uh, look, if you were to the passage, Acts 16, verse number 26. And suddenly there was a great earthquake. You know, I, I love this because over there in Acts chapter 4, the Bible says when they had prayed, the church prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. Let me ask you this. If you're at church with your kids and it feels like an earthquake's going on, would you be like, oh, praise the Lord? God is moving. You wouldn't be like that. You'd be like, kids, get down, kids. It'd be like the old 1950s. You know, the Russians are coming, get under the chairs. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. I can tell. All right, but, but you, see, you see, you look at the earthquake and go, oh, it's exciting, it's awesome. Can I also say this? Earthquakes are kind of inconvenient because you don't know if you're going to die in them. Like, you could not get me to live anywhere near the San Andreas Fault unless it was God himself calling me. And it would have to be God to get me to move to California. You, you understand what I'm saying? Like, we look at the earthquake thing and go, whoa, God's moving. It's awesome. He's shaking the place up. It is exciting, but it's also a little inconvenient. Because when the earthquake is taking place, you don't know what the result's going to be. You know what God wants to do sometimes in your life? Shake things up a little bit. Well, I just don't like God. I just uh, could kind of keep things calm. And, and Pete, you asked me to open the door. Yeah, but couldn't you just kind of, you know, like, just kind of, you know, Look at that. Lord, this is a terrible illustration. This door closes right when you open it. But I mean, like, we would ask God, Lord, open the door, just kind of like gently crack it open, and maybe breath of, breath of God, breathe on us, Lord. Oh, breathe, breathe. Just, just breathe on that door. And open that door over so gentle. That's not how God did it. God's like, I can open the door. You go, well, well, I didn't ask for that, God. Well, you prayed for something, and I moved. <laughs> You don't always appreciate the movement of God in your life because it's not convenient. But it gets the job done. Can I point something out about this earthquake? Look what it says in verse number 26. Immediately all the doors were what? And everyone's bands were what? You know what seems unorthodox for the creator of the universe to become a man, to walk on this earth, to have our sins placed on him, for the just to become unjust, for God to make him to be sin who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That does not make sense to the rational human religious mind, and yet that's God's method of salvation. And isn't it interesting that when Jesus Christ was suffering and he gave up the ghost, that the Bible says an earthquake took place, and then it was there that God broke that, that, rent, that, 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 that temple veil in two, and then now we can see right in the Holy of Holies. Can I say this? Convenient Christianity is kind of like Christian marijuana. It, it doesn't exist. And some of you want God to work in your life, but you want him to do it conveniently. Or maybe in your timing. Or Lord, don't shake these things up. Lord, I feel like now this relationship's shaken up. Maybe because God wants to shake it up. Amen. Lord, now I feel like, like, like this thing was kind of at peace, you know. And I love the way your mind works. When, when trouble comes your way and, and you're asking God to open a door and the Lord opens that door, but it's not the way that you expect it to be opened and it's kind of like, oh, God, it's just so hard now. Now that you're working in my life, would you rather not God work in your life at all? I think I mentioned this before. I don't, 
Can I be honest with you? I had a lady leave me a, a voicemail. Um, maybe you and your church should be more like Jesus. I'm like, oh man, I can't wait. I've been waiting my whole life. I've been studying the Bible, studying the Bible to learn about Jesus. And I'm, I'm okay, here, here we go, here we go. Ready, ready. Okay, what is, what's the nugget? You should go, maybe, I don't know, like, like feed the homeless and like care for other people instead of leaving this beep on my door. You know, because she's so much like Jesus, I'm gonna take advice from her about what it's like to be like Jesus. Now, let you go, you, did you get your blood boiled? No, honestly, do you know what I felt like? something's going on <laughs> something's happening it's better than nothing going on in your christian life you say you say you really get excited about this absolutely you know what it shows me you are leaving a mark on our community if everybody thought you were doing a great job i would question what we're doing but but can i just say this sometimes for god to open up a door it requires an earthquake some things need to be moved around. Uh, you know, with kids, it's interesting. You, <laughs> you clean a room, then you walk out. And you walk back in, you go, what happened in here? And you got to put everything right back in its place. Okay, can I say this? Sometimes God walks in your room. Let him move things around. Let him shake things up a little bit. Lord, open the door. I'm trying to. Yeah, but can you not do it that way? Yeah, that's kind of like asking me to save you, but your own way. Right. And that doesn't work either, does it? Can I say this? When God opens the door, it requires the right kind of response. Now, now let, me, let, me, let me show what I mean by that. Sometimes in our house, here's what I hear. And mom goes, who's running up the stairs? And everything goes, shoom. <laughs> and even I myself, I'm going, I, did, I, didn't, I didn't run up the stairs. And all of a sudden it gets really quiet. And it's like, hey, hey, who was running? Um, uh, <laughs> it was Ethan. <laughs> oh. You know why? Because we're, as people, we want to get to where we want to go as quickly as possible. So here's normally what happens. God opens a door. And the door is open for less than 30 seconds. Can, can, I, can I just remind you that when the earthquake happened, think about this. Was it not God that opened the door? Was it not God that loosed their bands? Did they leave? Sometimes an open door requires a little bit of restraint and patience on your side. Do you, do you realize... Do you realize that an open door for you could be the damnation for somebody else? You don't think about that. You know, especially when you get an IRS bill or you get a, a tax, you know, or medical bill in the mail you weren't expecting or some other financial blunder. You're just like, oh, Lord Jesus, when are you going to come back and take us out of this very wicked and evil world? Lord, if you would do that before my bill is due, I'd really appreciate that. Now look, I'm all for praying for the Lord to come back. Do you realize once that door shuts, just like when Noah had the ark, once they were shut in, that meant the damnation of everyone left behind? You're so quick to pray for your deliverance, how often do you pray for those people to be delivered? Well, let's just get us out of here, Lord. Get us out. It's getting so bad. It's getting so bad. It's going to get a whole lot worse when you're gone, sucker. When the Lord takes us out of here, all you know what is going to break loose. But we don't always generally think of that. We always think of, I just want to get out of here. Let me get out. And I get it. Listen, we ought to love his appearing. I'm not taking away from that. I'm talking about motive. I'm talking about when God opens the door. Are you just like, ah, there it is, it's open. Or do you ever think to yourself, okay, Lord, before I respond, who else will this affect? You know how the story goes? I got a sword pulled out because I'm a Roman jailer because if I let someone escape, it's my life and I'm about to take my own life. And whenever he hears the earthquake and hears the doors swing, I don't think those doors 
gently open. I think they slammed open, and I think those chains made a big old thud and a big clanking noise when they fell off, and God was in that place, and that guy knew something's different about what's going on. And you know what? My life isn't worth it. I'm going to take my life. And here's a man who is fearful, a man who has a family. You know how I know this? Because the Bible says he calls for a light, and springing in there, he goes, because Paul and Silas says, hey, 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 do thyself no harm. We are all where? You mean you didn't run through the open door as soon as it was open? You mean some doors require some patience and restraint in your life? You mean it's not just about you getting what you want? You mean there's other people involved? We're all here. That led to that man's salvation. Well, God opened the door, so I guess we ought to go. See you later, jailer, punk. Look who's laughing now. <laughs> See ya. Hey, I hope you enjoy eternity. I know where you're going. It's going to be a little warm. I mean, that's so what the guy could have done his way out. He didn't do that. The modern American Christian might, might Twitter bomb somebody because you didn't like what they said or whatever else. You know what, Peter, you know what Paul did? Paul just sat there. God's moving. Isn't that great, Silas? I don't know. If I'm Silas, I'm probably, you know, losing my mind. What is going on? And Paul goes, no, 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 it's okay. This is going to be good. And if I'm Silas, I'm probably like, can we go? Because the chains are off. They didn't like us. It seems like we asked God to do stuff. He did it. Paul, what do you think about we like, like run right past the jailer and like get out of here? I mean, we prayed for this. You know, I mean, this is my, it's my right as an American Christian. <laughs> I know the law. I love these videos where some g- jerk talks to a cop. Uh, is, that a, is that a lawful order? Is that a lawful? Is that a, okay, I'm recording you right now. I'm reco- just, just wait. You're a grown man. You got time to do that. You're a punk. You need to find a different hobby, okay? I know some of you like those videos because you can't stand authority. You need to get over that as well. Amen, amen, and amen. But, but you know, you see, and I could just see Saz going, can we just kind of punk him on our way out? And Paul's like, no, nope, it's not the right answer. Well, why can't we just go? We've been praying for God to do stuff, and he did stuff, and now we can go, right? And Paul's like, well, let me tell you something I've learned, Silas. Matter of fact, I learned this in the last chapter of my life. That's even why you're here. I got into an argument with Barnabas about somebody else, and I kind of wish I hadn't done it like that. I wish we'd had more time to talk and deal with it the right way. You know, you're just interpreting too much in there. Well, maybe I am, maybe I'm not. I know this much. At the end of Paul's life, he calls for John Mark. I think Paul's looking at this jailer, and he goes, man, we can't leave. Yeah, but God opened the door. Yeah, but it would mean a whole lot more if that man who brought us here also brought us out. You read the story, you know what the jailer is? He goes in there, and he brings Paul and Silas through the open door that God opened. You see, it wasn't, the Bible says, we have liberty. I have liberty, I have liberty, I have liberty. Yeah, but it's to serve others. Do you realize that the, the jailer could not have had the right response because he's not a Bible-believing Christian? When the earthquake happens, which is a direct answer to prayer, and God opens the doors, that man pulls out a sword because he doesn't understand who God is or what's going on in his life. That's what we're here for. Can I say, just because I can doesn't mean I have to. Just because I can doesn't mean I have to right now. Just because I have liberty to do it doesn't mean there aren't others potentially affected by my decision. Just because the door is open doesn't mean I shouldn't just wait a moment to watch what God is doing. Last week we talked about the guy in John 5, the impotent man that couldn't get up. And the Bible says the angel came down and troubled the waters. And you know what that man's testimony of Jesus was? I have no man. In other words, as soon as the water's troubled, does everybody do, woo, splash, right past that guy. You know why? My door's open. That's all that matters to me. Hey, sometimes consider this. The open door God's giving you is for the benefit and blessing of someone beyond yourself. See, modern Christians don't think that way. Well, God opened the door. I've been praying for it. And there it is. Earthquake happens. Chains fell off. Doors flung open. I can go now. You could go now, but you'd miss the opportunity of a lifetime. You know why? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved is in your Bible. 
because two dudes could just hold still a couple seconds after the doors were flung open. You know, spiritual maturity is marked by, you ever consider other people? You ever discern your own motive behind wanting to go through a door? Can you look at what's going on and say, Lord, I, I see what you're doing? Or is it just, I prayed, God gave me what I wanted, all right, I'm going to go consume this now. You see, there's, there's something to be said about understanding what God's doing in your life. It requires a little bit of restraint, the right response to the open door. If you don't get anything else, please get that. When God opens the door, the right response is required. Let me say this lastly. Look, if you would, at Acts chapter 16. Acts 16, verse number 33. Acts 16, verse 33. See, what happens after the doors are open? Well, Paul has a chance to lead this man to Christ. Look at verse 33. He took them. Now watch this. Look at this man. He takes them the same hour of the night, Paul and Silas, and look what he does. He washed their stripes. The man was baptized, he and all his. Oh, man, do you realize your decisions are affecting people that you can't even see right now? Do you see that? Paul doesn't know the jailer's family, but now the jailer's family is getting in on getting saved, and now they're getting baptized. You you say, what does that show you? You can't see everyone that God's trying to touch through your life in your situation at that moment. But I would say this, if you operate with eyes of faith and you show a little bit of patience and a little bit of restraint with the Lord, when God flings those doors open, you might be surprised at who God could bring in your life who you could lead to Jesus Christ. Can I point out in verse 33, there's a door of discipleship that's opened. Can I point out in verse 34, there's a door of fellowship. That man brought Paul and Silas to his house and he set meat before them and they rejoiced believing in God, there's a door of faith that's open. Paul and Silas didn't know that those doors would be open down the road. They had no idea. All they could see was they were in prison. That's it. God opened that prison door. And as a result of God opening that prison door, God had these other doors over here that he knew could open up as a subsequent opportunity to what God had done over here. Paul and Silas couldn't see that, but God did. Are you getting the picture yet? You can't see everything from where you're at, but God can. So the broker goes to open the door the other day and can't open it. He's got the key and he's trying to open this thing up. And so, you know, the HVAC guy takes advantage of the situation and goes, well, I can at least climb on top of the building. I can see if the units are working. And by the way, one of them was not. So that was going to be a lot of money. Just throwing that out there. And the broker's like, what do we do? We can't get inside the door. Well, you know what a natural thing to do is you call someone that can't open the door. That makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. All right, so you call the person that can open the door. You call the other broker and go, hey, broker, that represents the owner of this building. We can't get inside this property. So what do you suggest we do? The response was amazing. In a very awful way. Here was the response. Oh, if you guys want to pay for it, you can get inside. Literally, the same week. You know what my prayer was? Lord, if you want us in this place, would you open the door so wide we can't miss it? And Lord, if you don't want us in that building, would you shut it so tight we can't get in? Well, about that, God goes... Yeah, I got that covered. Are you disappointed? Not for a second. Not for a second. Let me just say this from a human perspective. The contract part of things is kind of like the dating period before you get married. And if you're treating me like this during dating, I don't want to marry you, boy. I don't want to get in that boat with you, man. You, you, You say, what is that? God is sparing us from potential hardship down the road. And for that, I say, thank you, Lord for shutting the wrong doors because when you shut the wrong ones, you open the right ones. If you're lost without Jesus Christ, the Bible says he stands at the door and he knocks. He wants to get in. You know what Jesus Christ is? He's a gentleman. He won't force his way into something. He says, I stand at the door and knock. 
if you've never been born again, you, your sins are not forgiven. Heaven's not your home. God's not your father. You don't understand what it means to put your head on your pillow at night and know what it is to have peace because your sins are forgiven and have the anxiety go away and the skeletons in the closet go away and just know that it's under the blood of Jesus Christ. If you don't know the peace and the blessing that you experience when you trust Christ as your Savior, can I say this? He is knocking right now. And can I say this? He'll keep knocking. And you know what? There's going to come a day where that knocking will stop. You will take your last breath and you will go out into eternity without God, without hope, lost, on your way to hell, and God doesn't want you to go. He's knocking, but he won't always knock. The knocking will eventually stop. If you're saved, can I ask you this? Are you praying for God to open some doors in your life? You ought to be. You ought to be. What's your prayer life like? You know, you, some of you make fun of the, the you know, in the name of the Father, you know, the Spirit of Thunders, amen, amen. Some of you make fun of that, but some of you are just as bad as Baptists. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for the food. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. And I love you, Lord. And please, please, and help me to be good. In Jesus' name, amen. And your prayer life is shallow. And you're going, why isn't God opening the doors? Maybe because he just, you're not there yet. You're not in a place where you realize the value of prayer. Are you willing to allow God to work even when you don't like his methods? Are you willing to show some restraint and consider other people when you have an open door? I got liberty. I'm going to go. Hey, who's running? Oh, not me. (laughs) Are you eager to see whose heart might be open as a result? I'm going to close with this. In 2005, God closed the door for me and my family to, to minister to the people of Bolivia. And at the time... I was bitter at God and angry and frustrated. And I told the Lord, I'm going to take my toys and I'm going to move away. I'm not going to go to church anymore. I'm not going to, you know, just like you do sometimes. And God doesn't work the way you want him to. But you know what I couldn't see when God shut that door? I couldn't see this. I couldn't see the other doors. I couldn't see the little, the little feet dangling in the chairs in Sunday school. I couldn't see those babies in the nursery. I couldn't see the sweet fellowship that would take place before a Sunday school and having a meeting with the Sunday school teacher. I couldn't see any of that. So you know what? I, all I could see was where I was at right then and there. And that's the problem. If you want God to open doors, he's going to have to shut some of them as well. Let's all stand. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we ask that you move in this place. Lord, I pray that if you're wanting people to, to move, and that they would, Lord, that you would shake some things up in our lives. Lord, there's sometimes the only method to getting things done is the way you would do them. We, we, we think of our own ways, and we're not always right. But I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to learn the value of a real prayer life to not let everything get in the way or to build that discipline in our lives God you'd help us to embrace the process we don't always like it we don't always like the methods you use but Lord they're good for us and God would you teach us as a church and as individual children of God to understand it's okay to stand still a little bit longer even when the doors open or to consider other people in the process and not just to make it about us there's so many other doors that you want to open that we can't even see but they're there some of the young souls and some of the older souls that will be saved that we can't see the lives that will be touched but we believe it by faith. Every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to ask this question. Are you saved? If you're saved and you know you are, you could raise your hand and go, yep, I'm a child of God, I'm a born-again believer. Amen. If you're not, can I ask you, what are you waiting for? 
You know what's eventually going to happen? The door's going to shut. Christians will be raptured off of this planet, taken to our heavenly home once and for all. And you would have missed out on your opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior during this age of grace. For by grace you saved through faith, that not of yourselves it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Christian, can I ask you something? Are you seeing God work? Are you seeing God open some doors? Are you kind of in that before process, nothing's really open and it just seems like a lot of hardship? The doors are coming. The method he uses may not be the most convenient for you. And understand that when he opens your door, it requires the right response because there are other doors that could be opened based on how you respond to that door. Don't miss your opportunity. I'm thankful for a God that closes doors and opens them. Be seated if you would. Be seated if you would. Uh, You moms, you want to grab your babies out of the nursery, please do that. This will be very, very brief. I know we're late in the afternoon, uh, but I want to invite Ayana to come forward at this time, and we're going to welcome her into membership. Come on up if you would. All right. All right, and uh, we're glad that you're joining a membership with us. All of us are glad that she's joining. Would you say amen? Amen. amen. amen it's a blessing. Uh, I'm trying to remember, how long ago was it that, that you found our church? It was a couple months back, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, she came for a couple weeks, and then one Sunday we got to talk, and uh, she realized she wasn't saved and accepted Jesus Christ as her Savior. And she's a born-again child of God, wanting to join in membership with our church. Sister, was there anything you wanted to say? Amen. Amen. Now let me say this. Let me brag on you guys for a moment. That's a testament to you. And I watch you guys. You guys greet people and you're glad that they're here. And uh, that's a blessing. So thank you for your hospitality. All right. If you can just get like, like, I don't know, like a thimble full of what I call Cindy uh, Hosses type, type of nature. If you, she doesn't know a stranger. Someone walks by. Oh my goodness. How you doing now? Come on. Sit a spell. Let's talk a while. You know, that, that just get a little bit of that, you'd be all right. Uh, but this is a hospitable church, a friendly church, and I'm thankful to welcome Ayana into membership here. And we just want you to know we're here for you. We want to see you continue to grow in your walk with God. We'll be glad to see you get baptized and glad to see you continue to be disciple in the Word of God. And the commitment that we make as a church, is, it's a two-way street. It's not just, okay, now I'm committing to membership. It's us as a church family committing to being there, committing to be a support to her and her own walk with the Lord. So uh, thankful that you're joining. Ayanna, this is for you, so that when the day comes that you go, I've never heard of those people. I think Pastor Adrian's crazy. I don't know who that guy is. There's proof that you, that you know who I am, okay? All right, so hold that. Let's all stand. We'll be dismissed in a word of prayer. All those that are glad that Ayanna's joining, one more time, would you say amen? Amen. amen. All right, uh, let's do this. Uh, let me ask, uh, let's see here. Oh, uh, Brother Kidan and his family, in a couple of weeks, they're going to be traveling to India. Is it a couple weeks from now, is that right? Okay, so at the end of March, okay? They'll be traveling to India, and uh, uh, he'll be gone for about a month and a half, and the rest of the family will be gone for three months or so. So pray for all the visa stuff to work out. Brother Kidan, would you ask the Lord's blessing on what we heard and on Ayana joining with us in membership?